just when you thought it was safe to go onto iTunes. This is Next Level Guy. The only website that makes self-development as fun as going to the movies. It's time to take the red pill and escape the Matrix. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Next Level Guys Show podcast with your host Ian Dawson McKay. Today's guest is memory superstar Nelson Delius. In this episode we discuss memory and how you can use yours to utilise it and become a memory star. But first, a quick word about affiliates. Next Level Guy has some amazing deals with some awesome companies. To see the exclusive listener deals, discount codes and special offers, simply go to www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates. That's www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates. I'd highly recommend you pick up a copy of Tools of Titan from Tim Ferriss. It's an encyclopedia of top tips from entrepreneurs and world leaders. The Everyday Carry Essentials, that's available from Hackberry, or Alpha Brain, which is available from those great guys at onit.com. If you want to build muscle and learn to be great in the gym, you should also check out The Lifting Lyceum by Greg Nichols and Omer Usuf. And finally, if you want to see Hollywood as a sexist, you should check out the special deal we have on Mr. Skin. All these links and more are available on www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates. And now, to the interview with Nelson. I hope you enjoy. Um, so if I asked you at a party, you know, who you were and what you did, what would you say? Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm very quiet about those things, um, but if I was going all out to say who I was, I'd probably say I'm Nelson Dellis. I'm a four-time USA memory champion. I teach people how to memorize things, and um, I also climb mountains to raise awareness for Alzheimer's. I would have to ask a lot more if you said that to me at party. So can you tell me, you know, where did you grow up? Did you have, have you got siblings? Um, you know, like how did you get into this whole kind of memory gig and climbing? Yeah, sure. So I, um, I grew up, uh, my father was a businessman, so he, we were traveling a lot, uh, moving a lot growing up. Uh, I was born in England, actually in London, and then we moved to Miami and then we moved back to Europe a few times back and forth. Um, so my background is, I was born in England, but my, my father's French. Uh, so his family's French and my mother is Belgian. Um, I have a brother and a sister. Um, and what happened was in my, my only grandmother, my father's mother, um, who I was very close to growing up, she lived in the countryside in France and we'd visit her from time to time. She developed Alzheimer's in her later years. And uh, that was when we were living in the States, so I didn't get to see her that often. And when I did, it was maybe once or twice a year. But I think that time uh, kind of showed me how devastating the disease was because every time I'd see her, it had progressed uh, uh, further and the differences from the last time were huge, at least super noticeable to me. So um, she passed away in 2009 and that kind of catapulted me into the memory world. I was just fascinated by how a person was able to lose their their memory like that and that it could ultimately have taken my my grandmother's life, which of course upset me. Uh, it was the first person close to me that I ever lost. And um, I think all that together kind of pushed me to start training and uh, I aimed towards winning this memory championship. And uh, that kind of kept me in line with my training every day. No, um, well, first of all, I'm sorry to hear for your granny. Um, we uh, we've got a very similar past, where I lost people through dementia. You know, and it promoted me to start the podcast. But oh. you know, the the level like of the, the the stuff that you're doing as a memory champion is absolutely phenomenal. You know, and it's so. What do you need to do to become a memory champion? What kind of things are you? You know, what kind of challenges do you undertake? Yeah, so, well, right now there's a few different kinds of uh, formats for competitions. Um, obviously, I won the U.S. Memory Championship. Uh, that's the national competition in this country. Um, but there are national championships in other countries. I don't know if there's a Scottish one, but there's uh, a U.K. Memory Championship every year. There's a, a French one. There's a German one. 
uh, Chinese one, India, and all the all over the world. And then there's this final World Memory Championships as well. Um, there's also a memory competition I started a few years ago, which we can talk about later. But let in general, let's talk about the competition I won. Um, basically, it's a day long. Um, anybody can compete, and the morning um, from about eight to noon is a few different events. It's memorizing a deck of cards as fast as possible. Uh, memorizing as many digits as possible um, in five minutes, uh, memorizing a random poem in 20 minutes, uh, in 15 minutes, I'm sorry, and then finally names and faces. How many names can you memorize in 15 minutes? And the top four, I mean the top eight uh, scores overall over those four events move on to the afternoon rounds, which are a series of playoff elimination rounds. Um, the first round is memorizing a list of words um, and you have to recite them on stage against your opponents. And if you make a mistake, you're out. And then that whittles it down to about five or four competitors. And then it's a, it's an event called the tea party where you have to memorize uh, people come on stage, random audience members, and they say their name, where they're from, their phone number, um, their hobbies, the car make they have, what their favorite foods are, all these different facts like you would be at a party. And then we have to recall it all, uh, in order on stage and again you get eliminated if you make mistakes and then the finals the final stage is memorizing two decks of cards with a time limit of five minutes and then you go on stage and recite it all um, and if you mess up you're out if you are the last guy standing you are the champion <laughs> that is crazy i mean major congratulations for that i mean i would struggle to remember the first section of that you know just remembering the order that you were to rem- to go through that thing for each person is just is a um, mental so i mean have you yeah. have you always been good with memories what's the sort of earliest memories that you can remember as a kid yeah i mean no i i don't think my memory was any better than anyone else and i honestly i don't think it is uh, still. Obviously, I can do feats of memory that most people claim that they wouldn't be able to do. But that's because I'm using techniques and I've practiced. But if you're talking about raw, natural memory, I don't think mine is any better than anyone else. And, you know, when I first heard about memory competitions and memory techniques, I looked at them and, and the people doing them. And I was like, I could never do that. Um, that is way beyond my skill level. I don't have a good memory. It's kind of whatever, average. Um, but I was convinced that it just took a bit of practice and, uh, from after my grandmother passed away, that's really when I started training. Um, so before that, there really wasn't any signs that I had, um, a good memory. What I would say is that maybe I had, um, a good work ethic, you know, uh, something where if I was interested in it enough that I could train every day and not give up or, or get bored of it. I stuck to it very disciplined and, um, that I think growing up is something that was special about me is I always worked hard at what I was interested in, what I wanted. Um, yeah. And in terms of my first memory, I, I can't even tell you that's, uh, <laughs> I don't even, that's not even the kind of memory I have. I, I still forget a lot of things that happened in my life. You know, yesterday I may not remember everything, you know? Because you hear that, don't you? People saying, oh, I can remember this conversation when I was two years old. And I was like, no chance, sure. you know. Um, and uh, how, why should people care about their memory skills? You know, why why should we work towards improving our memory? What what sh- what can you get from having a stronger and better memory? Oh, I mean, memory is is everything. It's it's how we survive. Uh, I think um, you know, and in any job you have, I challenge you to find uh, a job that doesn't use memory, right? Um, whether it's remembering people's names or remembering facts, or even if you're in front of a computer and you can just write stuff down, having a good memory helps you, you know, in these little intermittent tasks where you have to like hold the number or hold a, a thing that you have to get completed. You can't write everything down. Obviously, you can put a lot down to help remind you, but ultimately you got to use your memory at some point to be efficient and to to be on the ball and 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 successful. So memory's everywhere, and and that's also evident when I train people, I get all these requests from so many people, such a diverse crowd. I mean, it's, it's young kids trying to get through grade school or people trying to pass a uh, medical test um, to go into med school um, or law school or 
businessmen um, remembering sales infos or athletes remembering plays and diagrams. It's it's everything. And do you think is it? Um, do these people come to you saying that they've got a terrible memory? You know, is it like a self fulfilling prophecy that if you think you don't have a good memory, then you don't? Or are we all born with the same you know capacity? Yeah, I believe that everybody's more or less born with the same capacity for memory. Um, and I think what affects most people's memory is the fact that they believe they have a bad memory. Um, there's nothing worse when you're memorizing than saying that you'll never be able to remember this because it's that it, it is that self-fulfilling prophecy prophecy. I mean, you, um, are in, in terms of memory, especially if, if you believe it, then that's what it's going to be. I tell people a lot when, uh, some of my fastest card memorization times, for example, uh, for a deck of cards happen honestly when I, I'm trying so little, uh, and when I, I just believe in myself, I know that I, I got it. I can do it. I'm confident. I just ble- breeze right through it and I got it. It's the times when I question my memory. I'm like, I haven't practiced in a few days. I'm a bit rusty. I didn't sleep, but my memory's probably not that good. That's when I mess up. Um, when I second guess myself. So the first step to anyone improving their memory is to believe that they have a good memory. I mean, our brains are wired to remember things. That's why that mechanism exists in our, in our brains and in our heads so that we can all use it. The problem is we don't often use it anymore. So you got to start using it and start believing in it. And is that, I mean, what do you see is the main reason for people who say they, you know, they've got a poor memory is do you think it's our dependency on, like modern day technology and tablets and you know phone reminders and things like that. Yeah, I mean it's so easy these days to not use your memory. It's so it's and it's tempting to not use your memory because you think, okay, well if I'm gonna I'm gonna waste time having to commit this to memory, or I could be putting my brain power to something towards something else. Uh, why do I have to waste my time? You know, and there is an argument for that. You know, if you want to. Uh, if you're on a rush and you, I'm not going to expect you to sit there and memorize your grocery list, you can just jot it into your phone. But there is the the sake uh, for the sake of argument. I mean, you go to the gym, you waste an hour going to the gym, right? Why to stay fit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We we recognize that importance, but it doesn't seem like people recognize the importance of of staying mentally fit. And that's really my messaging is is to try to get people to be aware that they have this memory inside their head and that it can be strengthened if you just give it a little love and a little bit of um, practice every day. And have you found anything technology-wise that you know people can use to improve their memory and their mind? Like, are these brain training games worth the time? So, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, uh, many years ago, I, I was very interested in lumosity, for example, but uh, I've yet to, I, and I've used it over the years here and there to try it. Um, but I don't think that works very well, especially for memory. Um, their memory games are are kind of abysmal. But um, I st- and because of this, I've started, um, I've experimented with trying to develop my own apps and and brain training games. So we have um, a startup that I'm uh, one of the co-founders for is this company called Art of Memory, and the website's artofmemory.com. And uh, you can learn, there's a great forum there where everybody posts um, questions and tips for memory, how to remember this and that. There's some um, systems you can learn, you can develop uh, your techniques, and there's even a training uh, game that we developed called Memory League where people can uh, memorize cards, numbers, names, words, all these different things against other people online. It's really kind of addicting. No, that sounds brilliant. I'll definitely be promoting that and trying it myself. It's one of those things I struggle with. Um, And, you know, how do you think memory is just going to reduce in effectiveness as we age? Or should we just accept it? Or, you know, are we just giving a a BS reasoning to our own laziness to keep building our memory? It's a bit of both. I mean, you know, aging is the process of our body aging and dying, right? Uh, things aren't going to be the same as when you were 20 years old. That's of, of course, but there can be anomalies. I mean, you see these incredibly fit, um, you know, people who are aging past their sixties and seventies. And it's because they've had a very fit lifestyle and they've made it a priority. They eat well, all these different factors. Um, 
but the same can be said with memory. Um, obviously, there are diseases that can affect your physical health, your mental health. Um, but I believe that if you train your brain every every day a little bit, you use your mind, um, that you can have a a powerful mind and brain uh, at an older age, at a later age, a stage in your life. So do you you see a standard type of person that's naturally good with memories or, you know, why do you think it works so well for, say, that particular group of, is it the things they do as a job or their upbringing, culture, etc.? Yeah, I mean, in general, I don't think anyone who's just naturally uh, good at memory, um, you know, it's in terms of teaching the techniques, I think everybody starts in the same place. and they get to a certain point all pretty much similar at similar speeds. Um, and then of course, if you want to become a champion, that, that depends on how determined you are, how well you practice. Um, and that may not be the same for everyone, but, um, I think everybody's kind of in the same boat, uh, and that memory techniques affect them all pretty much equally. Granted, you will see people who, you know, you, you talk about this guy that he's just really good with names, right? And maybe he's really good with numbers or something. I think those kind of people, that's it's kind of their 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 history of how they were brought up, their surroundings. You know, you might find that someone who's good at numbers was brought up in a an environment where they were taught numbers and it was a pleasant experience. There's a lot of people who hate math. Uh, maybe they had a bad teacher and and they just don't really have good number sense because they've always been afraid of numbers. So to that person, it might be hard to look at numbers and be interested. So um, or a person who loves is a very extroverted person, loves to meet people, learn about people. Um, they might be better at names because they're interested in that, and they've always been. And and again, they probably built this self fulfilling prophecy that they're very good at names because that's what they do. That's what they're good at, and so of course they're going to be good. Uh, versus the person who's maybe uh, shyer or, or less reluctant to. Um, introduce themselves and ask questions, they may not like to memorize names as much and as a result may not be as good. No, it, it makes perfect yeah. sense when you sort of, you know, when you break it down like that. Um, so what role do things like diet, exercise, you know, do you have a strict diet? Do you use particular supplements or do you just, is it just the mind itself that you work out? You know, I started with just the mind that and then I realized there's a lot more to it than that. Um, with diet, I've experimented a lot. I'm, I still experiment. Um, so um, I'm, a, I'm a big foodie. I like to eat a lot of food. That's probably not the best for you. But I think in, in, when it comes down to it, it's all about moderation. And um, there are certain diets I've been on for here and there, training for this or that, that have helped my mental sharpness and acuity. Um but one thing that is constant that I always take in terms of a supplement is uh, DHA omega-3, which you typically find in fish, but um, I don't really eat a lot of fish, um, and it's probably not wise to eat a lot of fish. But I take it in a supplement form. Um, you can find it anywhere. And it's just a natural fatty acid that you find in, in, in our brains, that's produced in our brains. And uh, the more that you have, they've shown in studies that the better people's memories are um, over time as well. So I take about, I think, a thousand milligrams a day, um, which is what that study called for. And uh, I definitely see a difference when I, I don't bring it with me or I, I'm, I don't have any left and I'm waiting for a new supply. I notice a bit of a drop off in my performance. And do you find particular foods affect you at all or, yeah. you know, alcohol consumption, things like that? You know, I yeah, I've experimented with that too. I think when I first started competing, I stopped drinking uh, like six months of, in, in, in advance of a competition just because I was so paranoid to, to mess up my mind. And, you know, at the time I thought that was the thing to do. But nowadays I'm, I'm a little less um, strict about that. And I mean, obviously you're not going to go on a bender the night before a competition. That's going to wreck your head. Um, but having a drink here or there, it doesn't seem to hurt. Um, I don't think it, uh, I don't think it tunes your memory to be way better, but I don't think it really hinders it. Um, I like to eat a lot of, um, foods that are are high in antioxidants. Um, that seems to help keep clear my mind a little bit. These are like 
um, rich colored fruits um, like berries or leafy greens, things like that. That sounds lovely. I'm uh, just thinking about what to have for dinner just now myself. Um, so uh, <laughs> yeah. when um, when you're talking to people about their issues, etc., do you how do you get them to cut out the you know the modern issues of thinking at fifty things at once, mind going all over the place, and dealing with different priorities? How do you get them to cut the chatter? And focus just on improving the memory and building that, you know, the recollection. Yeah, that's that's one of the hard parts. Is um, in this day and age, um, all these distractions. It's hard to focus on one thing, and um, you know, in memory is that you know you think about your brain and its uh, receptors that you know, taking information, right? If you process that information, then it's memorized. But if you don't have information, then it's right? Um, so if you're not paying attention, if you have a million other things uh, being pulled into your receptors but not the thing you actually want to memorize, then there's no way you're going to remember it. So what I try to get people to understand is that, you know, you first of all have to want to use your memory. You have to be in a place where you're aware of your your little computer inside your head and that you can use it and it's there for you and that it's actually more powerful than you think. But it starts focus. You just gotta focus. And um, you know, that's not hard for that's that's not easy for everybody, but um I find when you give yourself these memory kind of games to play every day, you learn how to focus yourself and to hone in on that one task you're doing at a time. And that applies then to daily life. So say, for example, um, I will, I've got like a proper job apart from this where I've got to um, deal with a lot of PhD students and staff members and stuff like that. And a lot I struggle with remembering their names and stuff. You know, I'd love to do this podcast full time, but unfortunately it's not paying the bills just yet. But how can I work on remembering names and remembering, you know, who they are? Because they all look different. But I struggle, you know, because they've all got very unique names and long barreled sure. and stuff like that. Is there any tips you could recommend for something like that? Yeah, I mean, so the first thing that sounds really good is that you obviously are aware and that you want to learn these people's names. You wish you could, right? That's the first step. So once you have that, then you got to apply a technique when you meet someone. And so the technique I tell people for names is it's twofold. One is you got to come up with uh, a visualization, a picture uh, that you can see in your mind's eye for the person's name, for that random little word that stands for who they are, right? That's essentially what it is. And then you need a place to store it. So that's really the issue with memory these days is we can memorize something, but where are we storing it? Um, yeah, okay, in our brain somewhere. But what I mean by storing is putting it somewhere where you can retrieve it later um, knowingly. Right, so you know exactly where it is in your brain, so that you can pull it out later when you need. Um, the problem with us is that when we memorize things, is we're basically just throwing it a, this piece of paper that has the information on it. You're throwing it on the floor of your brain, right? And it's a, just a big pile of papers. And when you want to look for that thing, it's it might be right there when you pick it up, and then you're lucky you have it, but chances are you're going to have to look around and, and you may not get it. You may get it later. You may never get it at all. But imagine if you could store all those papers in order in a file cabinet and that if you wanted to access it, you just flip through your little uh, folders and there it is, right? So to store the picture of this person's name, for example, um, you're going to use um, some location and the location will be this person that you're meeting. And the way you can do that is you choose a, a distinguishing feature about them. So it could be their face, um, something on their face like a, a mole or um, an interesting line in their face, whatever. Um, whatever pops out at you first is usually the best. And then you intertwine or imagine those two things together, the picture for the name, and then you smash it or interact it with that feature. And it, the more ridiculous, the better because anything that's out of the ordinary will be easier to recall when it comes time to it. And so what happens is when you see that person again, it's not, what's that person's name? What's that person's name? It's, 
let me notice what I noticed last time. What feature did I see? What was the location I saw on this person? And then that location will remind you of what you place there, the image, and the image gives you the name. That's amazing. I mean, how... So how did you learn to do that? You know, is that just something that you learned offhand or? Yeah, I mean, I, I started by reading a, a, a memory book by a former world memory champion. And um, it was an audio book. And that got me started. That's ba- taught this basic technique. And, you know, I saw an instant improvement in names when I, I, I tried it. Um, and then I went from that to training and practicing every day. Um, I get faster at coming up with these pictures and faster at attaching them to locations. And now here I sit, I didn't used to be this good, but I'm a U.S. record holder for names. That's one of the records I hold. Um, and I would have never thought that, um, even when I started memory techniques. And is there a difference in, you know, like how you'd remember, say, a long chain of information to a short piece, or is it the same kind of techniques? Do you mean with um, with a name, like if you want to, or just any information? I mean, say if it was um, you had to a name of a person, their like a security number, and what okay. school they were, or something like that. I mean, do you just piece it together, or how do how can you, you know, build a chain of information up? Yeah, well, so that's exactly it. It's a chain, a linked chain. So there's a system called the linking system where um, you know, if you take a, a random list of words, let's say 10 words, one way to go about memorizing it is to the, the way you store it is by attaching each word to the next one. And you create this chain so that when you get to a point in the chain, you always know what the next one is and the one before because it's it's attached to this story, this this visual that kind of works in a progression. Um, so the same can work with information on a person's um, about a person. So but you got to start somewhere. So I usually say, okay, memorize their first name uh, with this process that I just explained. And then once you have that, you can keep chaining or linking information to that image. So let, let's do an example with, with Nelson, right? Me. Um, let's say you're about to meet me. The thing you notice about me, my feature is that I'm tall. I'm very tall. I'm like almost two meters, uh, six and a half feet. And um, so you choose that feature, my height. And then the image for my name, what do you think of when I say Nelson? Mm, for me, it's probably Nelson from The Simpsons, because I think I've heard Okay. <laughs> yeah, and you can hear him laughing. You know what he looks like. He's a very memorable cartoon character, right? Mm-hmm. That's your picture for that word. And so you would attach it to my height somehow, right? And that's where you have to be a bit of cre- add a bit of creativity, and that's where the practice comes in. You get faster at this. But um, I might think, um, okay – you know, maybe Nelson is making fun of me that I'm so tall and I can hear him doing that. <laughs> right. It's a very um, good impression. You can insert that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's very simple. Okay. So from that, you can kind of visualize the scene. There I am. I'm really tall. And, and then the Simpsons character comes up and points at me and laughs that I'm tall. Okay. That's my name. Right. But then maybe you want to ask, add the fact that my last name is Dallas. Right. Okay. That's another piece of information. It's another name. I'm going to come up with a picture. That's always the first step. So Dellis reminds me of like a Dell laptop. Right. So not only is I add it to the story, I say, okay, Nelson from the Simpsons comes up to me and points and laughs at me. And then maybe he picks up a Dell computer and then throws it at me, throws it at my head to make matters worse. Right. And you really try to visualize that, that imagery and then there you have my first and last name. And so you can continue on adding to this this chain story with as much information as you want. So if you want to add my phone number, um, you can try to come up with pictures for the numbers and then interweave it into that story and so on and so forth. It's it's quite remarkable it's, the way you make it sound so easy. And I'm, I was just sitting flabbergasted at just thinking – you know, one or two of them I could do, and then I think after three or four I would quickly struggle. Is it? Do you find it's um, if you have a strong emotional connection with that person, or you know they've maybe had a negative event with them, is it easier to remember, or is it just that your brain particularly likes that person that makes it easier to remember them? 
Yeah, there are going to be some kind of um, natural cues that make something more memorable than not. The goal is always to try to make everyone as equally memorable so that you don't forget anybody, right? Um, but yeah, of course, if you meet that beautiful woman who gives you this look, I mean, that's the easiest name to remember, right? Uh, or if you're getting in, the, in this in a fist fight with this guy at the bar and, and you know you know his name, you're not going to remember. You're not going to forget that guy. Um, so, but it's just about, it's about trying to make, and, and you can add this to the actual interaction that you have is try to make it as memorable as possible, you know? Um, and this just comes back to natural, um, interest and focus on someone is if you pay attention to someone and you're really interested and, and you, you, you want to know about this person, you're probably going to remember more than if you just casually walked up and, you know, you're already thinking about something else while you meet this person, you know? So what do you think are the you know the easiest and the hardest things to remember? Are there things that are naturally easy to remember and things that you dread when you see them coming up? Um, to be honest, names are pretty hard for me. Um, and the hard what it comes down to why something is hard for me is the unknown, right? Um, if I don't know what's coming at me, and a name can be anything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then it, 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 it makes it more of a improvisation. Um, whereas numbers and cards, um, for example, those are easier for me because I have a system for them and it, it won't deviate, right? If I know I'm going to memorize numbers, then I'm always going to see a digit that's between zero and nine. There's nothing else, right? So as long as that's that, then I'm good. Same with the cards. There's 52 that are going to change. And I know all the cards. I've seen them before. It's just a different order, right? So anything that's more um, variable, right? So text could be hard. There's so many different ways to say different things. and So anything where you have something that's fit. So is it a restriction on what you can remember? You know, is there things that aren't possible due to like a dynamic nature? So say if I was wanting to remember interview questions, for example, um, instead of writing them down. Is that something that you could do and be able to remember them okay with, you know, the difference in answers from the person? Or is it more kind of inanimate things like names and, you know, like cards and things like that? Is there restrictions on what you could learn? Or is anything possible to memorize? I think anything is possible. Um, in terms of me, uh, there are definitely things that are hard for me. Um, memorizing music, for example, is tough for me. I, I mean, I can't apply these techniques to, to memorizing guitar uh, notes, for example. I just have to play it a million times. That's, that's the way I do it. Um, is there a method for it? I'm sure there is. I just haven't figured it out or haven't bothered um, memorizing interview questions, like if, or a conversation, like if you were to ask me the order of every question that you've asked me so far on this call, I wouldn't know. Um, it's, but the thing is that I, I haven't been memorizing it, so I haven't been trying. It's not like I record it. I would still need to actively try. Um, and, and natural conversations, you know, you may not be thinking that. I was like, I don't want to memorize this whole conversation, mm-hmm. um, so I'm not going to be trying to memorize it. So. Um, yeah, there's certain things I can't do, um, but I, I think I could always find a strategy to do it if you were going to test me in the future, for sure. I think with the amount of waffle I put in some questions, I would be your hardest <laughs> challenge yet, you know. Never, never <laughs> mind climbing Everest. Um, so is the yeah. mind like any other muscle? Do, you know, do we just have to build it up? And how can somebody who's never really bothered with this sort of thing, how can they start building it up? Yeah, it's it's definitely something you can start at any point. Um, you just gotta start. And as I said in this call already, is um, and, and believing that you can change your memory and have an amazing memory. That's the first step. If you don't ever think you can do it, then you're gonna stay that way. Um, once you get into it and you're like, okay, I want to learn. Where do I go? Um, you gotta learn the basic techniques. And I kind of went over it with the names. Uh, there's a lot more to, to learn. And they can go to my website, uh, Art of Memory, um, to learn the details. But then it's just about practice. I mean, like I said before, everyday life has opportunities to memorize things. It's it's who we are as people. So 
the best thing to do is to go out and use your memory. Um, that could be as easy as going to the next party or meeting you go to and forcing yourself to memorize people's names. Or, you know, if you are interested in something, maybe you love um, Scottish history or American history, whatever, why don't you go and memorize some dates? If that's something you've always wanted to know off the top of your head, right? Um, find a list and, and try to commit it to memory or do a little bit of it every day. Um, it's all about making the effort, finding something that interests you. Um, nobody wants to memorize something that's kind of dull and uninteresting and just using your mind. So like I'm a, um, I'm a big fan of Sherlock, um, you know, the BBC thing with um, Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, sure, one of yeah. the things they bring out was mind palaces, and I've heard the concept before, but you know it's really made them more popular. Could you go into like mind palaces and do you use them, and how you, we should utilize them? Yeah, so you were you were mentioning at some point that you know I was making it sound easy, and that if it was more information, you don't know what you'd do with it. So what I was going to say um, is that if you have a lot more information that you need to keep in order. I think the best strategy is to use something called the memory palace. And what that is, is it basically takes um, a house or a palace or a familiar place location that you know and uses it as this mental filing cabinet. Um, and the way it works is you imagine yourself walking through the space, um, starting somewhere that makes sense. Like usually you might start at the front door of this palace or this house. And then you make a path through it. Uh, stopping at various pieces of furniture or uh, locations along a path. And at each kind of location, each anchor point, that's where you place the image for the thing you're memorizing. And what's cool about this is that when you finish imagining this whole uh, memory palace filled with bizarre images, when you want to recall it, you just mentally navigate through that space in your mind again, stopping at each location and picking up the image that you placed there. So you actually preserve the order of that list, and you could say it forwards, you could say it backwards, you could jump to different locations and access information however you want it. And this is how we're able to do a full deck of cards, a 500 or 1,000 digit number, is we're breaking it into small pictures and storing each picture in sequence along that path. It's, I hope that makes sense. Yeah, I mean that's just remarkable. I, I like the idea of using uh, like you know somewhere that like a location that you know, and it's just the thought of putting it all together. It, it's it's quite surreal to me. And I I've looked you up and watched you doing challenges, and you know it's it's just amazing how you do it. What do you normally do on a typical day? Yeah, I mean this it seems normal to me. Uh, sometimes I forget that it's something that people are very um, amazed by, um, because for me, I mean, for example, memorizing a deck of cards, I've done it thousands and thousands of times. It's like a daily breathing exercise almost. Um, but when I do it in front of a person, they just freak out and they just don't understand how I'm able to do it. And I don't even, I don't even have to go that fast and people are still impressed. Um, but so uh, an ordinary day for me is I wake up, I go to the gym, spend an hour there, um, or two sometimes. I'm always training, I'm staying physically fit, and then I'll come home, I'll do my memory training throughout the day, um, and kind of mix my work, uh, I work from home, um, in and out of that. Uh, but memory's always there. I have these apps open on my computer that I'm, I jump in and I'll do a little memorization session of numbers, and then I'll one thing I do is I, I keep a lot of, of of stats on my performance, and I have that for years now. I can always look at my performance over time, and I think that's helped get me even better is because yeah, I get that feedback. You know, That's very important to improving in anything. And do you use things like um, meditation, yeah. gratitude giving? Do you, you know, do you use any of these kind of what some would see as new age concepts to clear the mind and better the the calmness in your brain that yeah, I've never been a meditation guy, but um, a good friend of mine is, and we've always had this conversation um, because it sounds like what he does when he meditates, for example, he takes 20 minutes to meditate by himself, um, is basically what I do when I memorize. It's, it's me kind of sitting down with myself, clearing my mind, um, 
and or, or figuring out training myself to clear my mind so that I can focus on one specific thing. And that thing is the numbers in front of me, the list in front of me, whatever I'm memorizing. And so when I memorize, it's kind of my my peaceful, you know, meditation. Oh, I like it. So you're actually, by the action, you're keeping calm. I like that. Now it's my favorite part of the interview. We get to know a bit more about you as a person. Um, you know, yeah. I could ask you about this stuff all day long. So one thing I did notice was that you like to do a lot of climbing mountains. How yeah. how did you that how did you get into climbing mountains? You know, because mountaineering <laughs> and uh, memory challenges don't really seem to go together. <laughs> yeah, you're correct. Uh, so I started climbing. I mean, I think growing up and traveling a lot. Um, always got my interest in, mem- in, in mountains uh, just because we're always around mountains and I found that when I got older and I traveled by myself I always put myself in places that had incredible mountain views and it wasn't until 2007 or so that I realized hey people climb these things why am I not climbing these things so um, I signed up for a basic mountaineering course and it was kind of a year where I was just trying to do any things as possible just because I was young and I had just finished college uh, university and um, I loved it um, well actually I hated it but a few weeks later I realized that the experience of it was so rewarding that I actually loved it so um, I kept doing it I kept aiming for bigger and bigger mountains and I realized it's just a place I love to be it really makes me feel small and insignificant and one with nature. And it also, it, it helps clear my mind. And, and mountaineering is actually, I didn't mean for this to, to, to work together, but I, I feel like it is a very mental sport. And I think that a lot of the focus and mental training I've had to do on these big mountains that are hard and painful to climb um, has applied a lot to my memory world as well. And do you find, you know, that when you're going through these kind of challenges that do you go into your palace and start remembering things just to forget about, you know, the the monotony of it or the physical pain of doing it? Yeah, I actually do that a lot. Um, it's very kind of soothing um, for me to, to go to these memory palaces because a lot of them are actually houses I've lived in growing up, um, schools that I've been to, friends and ex-girlfriends, houses, apartments, whatever. Um, it's all part of my memories. My Who I am now is all those memories put together. So it's a nice escape, and it, it often distracts me from the task at hand, which can be mentally draining if you're not, um, if you're focused too much on it, you know? So if you were to use your memory skills and you know become a super villain, what would you do with them? <laughs> oh man, that's a good question. Um yeah, I'd memorize I guess everybody's like financials, um uh, like their codes, their passwords. Yeah, I forget that. I I memorize passwords and logins and then just transfer all the money to my bank accounts or something. Oh, <laughs> I like it. So when the money disappears, we know who to come to. So what's a guilty pleasure of yours? You know, how do you like to relax or like what what do you not want to, people to know about you? Oh, uh, this is a bit embarrassing, but I, I sometimes I'm proud of it, but I, I actually knit a lot. Um my mom taught me when I was younger and I realized in in college that uh girls I was dating kind of liked that. Uh I'd make them a hat and they thought that was the coolest thing ever. So um and I'm a big guy, so it doesn't come across as kind of this dainty little thing I do. It's actually kind of cool that I do that. And I love it because it's um it again takes my mind away. It's it's a lot about numbers and knots and you know, rounds and, and counting things. So and again you have to focus. So it it lets me kind of wander with my mind. I love it. I certainly was not expecting you to say netting. You know, after all the the research I've done on you Knitting, you mountaineering, were <laughs> not something I was sure to put together. So that's linked into your charity work as well. Um, is that charity still available? How can somebody, you know, listening help out and get more information on your charities that you work with? Sure. Yeah, my uh, charity is Climb for Memory. You can go to climbformemory.org. and um, 
I'll either I'll either be doing climbs on my own to raise awareness um, and money for the for research, or I'm running trips. Um, I'm, I'm running a trip to Kilimanjaro in January for people to join, um, and I'm guiding it up uh, so people can raise some money, and it all goes towards uh, Alzheimer's. Um, so I try to get some events um, that people can join in as well. I'm not I'm not Everest. I have some reasonable goals that people are interested in that I can help them with. So have you ever used your memory skills to attract, you know, somebody on a date? Have you ever used it for evil? <laughs> um, no, nah, to be honest, I've, I've been used by my best buddies more than I've used it for myself. So I'm often a, a, a highlight of, of conversation uh, when a guy is trying to pick up a girl and I've even been brought over to memorize their phone number for my mate. So, um, (laughs) it's pretty funny, but I will say when I, when I, when I was dating, I I just got married last year, but when I was dating, I would often ask someone for a number and, um, you know, they wait for me to write it down and be like, no, I'll memorize it. And that, that kind of got a little, a bit more interest boost on their, on on their part. So that was, that was good. Oh, well, congratulations. Um, so what's the dream memory challenge for you? What would what do you really want to achieve? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, uh, I've won the cha- national championship four times. I'm going to try to win it the fifth time next year. And then what would be nice is to win this world championship. Um, and then again, I was telling you, I have this memory competition. I, I, I helped find it's, it's, it's through this software app that I mentioned, the art of memory, memory league thing. Um, and we have this memory league championship. Um, uh, but it's, it's trying to take memory competitions to the 21st century where it's digital. It's a lot of prize money. It's very showy and, and hopefully would draw a lot more people in to watch and to, to compete. And so I would love for that to take off and just for everybody to, be aware of memory techniques and memory improvement. And uh, we live in a place where we all have really healthy brains, you know, that would be my dream. And do you find people with bad memories? Does that annoy you or do you, do you understand where they're coming from or does it just grind your gears? No, I, I, I totally get where they're coming from. You know, I was there once um, and it, it gives me more inspiration to, to try and convert them and to, to make them, learn something new about what they already have inside their head. That's the best thing for me is when someone says, I can't memorize anything. And I'm like, okay, let me show you. And then they do it. And then they're just, their minds are blown, you know? And what, in your opinion, you know, what makes a good man, you know, some, a man of virtue or a man worth remembering? A ah, good man. Um, you know, honestly, I think it's someone who has a good memory. Um, and that can be shown in different ways, but I think, and it comes down again to paying attention. But I think someone who shows a genuine interest uh, in things and in, in, in your interaction when you meet them, um, I think it speaks volumes about the person, um, that they're dedicated, that they take the time to do things. I think that's super important. And, of course, if you have a good memory, that I think that helps that. And what would you want somebody listening to this interview to take from it? You know, What do you want them to be the the message that they take away from it? The main message is, again, what I keep reiterating is that you have this amazing computer inside your head um, and it's waiting for you to be used. You've neglected it, you know, and it's not your fault. It's just the times that have made it easy for it to be neglected. But, you know, you can switch it on whenever you want. Um, The sooner the better because you can start using it and, and hopefully that prolongs the health of your brain. But there's no, I've gone too far, you know, I'm too old. It's, it's, it can be learned at any age. And I encourage people to really uh, try and boost their memories uh, by trying now. And how can somebody keep in touch with you? You know, is there an event that, um, so apart from, is it the Art of the Mind um, website? What, how else can they keep in touch, like your social media, your projects, um, that you're bringing out a book um, pretty soon? Yep, I just got a book deal. I'm writing it now. It should come out early next year. Um, but people can uh, follow me. Uh, my website is nelsondellis.com. Um, my socials are all on there. Um, 
my Twitter is like climb for memory. I've certain my YouTube channel is probably where I'm, I'm focusing my energy these days uh, with memory videos. So it's all on my website. You can check it out. Yeah, well, I um, cannot honestly thank you enough for doing this. It's been an absolute pr- uh, privilege to chat to you. I know you're a busy man. I can only wish you nine bit success for the future. Um, I'll definitely be in touch soon with the link, etc. Um, the floor is open to you. If there's anything you'd like to promote, anything you you feel like you should you want to mention. Yeah, there's a couple things. So uh, just to recap, um, please check out the. You can check out my website if you have a personal question. Um, if you want to learn some of these memory techniques, go to artofmemory.com, um, and you'll see also a link there to to find that software for training, which is the memory league stuff. And then finally, um, well, also check out my charity, Climb for Memory, if you want to learn about these climbs I'm talking about. And then finally, um, another project that I'm working on, I'd for your listeners to go and take the memory test. It takes five minutes, um, but it's to help Alzheimer's research. And we're basically trying to get as many people to take this memory test so we can find outliers, uh, people who have naturally good memories. And from those outliers, we hope to DNA sequence them and to eventually to help um, fight Alzheimer's or uh, neurodegenerative diseases. Um, so people can go there. It's freechallenge.com. That's the... the the test. That's brilliant. It's something. That's it. It's something that means a lot to me as well. You know, because I've um, I've had family members with sort of uh, mind degenerative diseases, so I'll be heavily promoting that. Um, thank you again for taking the time. I could ask you another thousand questions, but I know you're a busy man, so um, I'll wrap up things here and I'll be in touch soon. That's it for another week. Thanks for listening. Absorb it. Practice it. Use it. Until next time, keep trying to hit that next level in your life.